0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. We're joined now by Barry Trammell, sports columnist for The Oklahoman and NewsOK.com. He's on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Please visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Barry, good morning. Hey, guys. How's things in Salt Lake? Oh, probably pretty much like you think they are. But I don't think... I don't think we're doing anything that unusual or different than anybody else. How about you? How are things in Oklahoma City? We're we going
1: we to have an NBA season, a, a thunder, thunder Jazz first-round series.
0: I can't guarantee you that. It's too close, Three, four, five, six. I think they're going to play. I, I know that there people have their reservations, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of money at stake, and I think they're going to play. But I can't guarantee you it's going to be Jazz Thunder.
1: Well, I hope they do play. I need some basketball.
0: So I guess the, uh, we have a couple things we want to talk to you about. And we can hit the basketball first before we get to the college football. Uh, has Chris Paul been very visible in Oklahoma City during this? Because it seems, I mean, he's got the title. He should be a key player. But it seems like the stuff I'm reading, his influence even goes beyond his title. And he's the president of the Players Association. But it seems like he's everywhere in every conversation with everybody right now.
1: Yeah, he's not been terribly visible in Oklahoma City. We've had one Zoom call with him uh, on a local basis. That's it. But I think you're right. I think he has become – it sounds to me like the uh, agreement that they came to for the the 22 teams in Orlando, it seems like with help from subordinates that this was largely a Chris Paul Adam Silver concoction. So – uh, speaking for the players, Chris Paul was. Now, right in the recent days, we see that there's some dissent. You know, other people are saying some other things, and so we'll see how it plays out. But I do think Chris Paul was uh, at the forefront of this agreement that we've uh, that we came to. What's been now ten, twelve days ago?
2: Yeah, with that in mind, it did seem like at the time that the players were on board, and now we're hearing a little bit of backlash. As far as Chris Paul and the leadership of the Players Union, do you think that that's a surprise to them?
1: Well, I, I, I have to think of a little bit of a surprise. Um, it's sort of a little bit funny that it's led by a player who's not going to play no matter what we do, Kyrie Irving. Um, I do think, though, that the uh, the protest movements across the country have had a I've had a factor in, in, in the, the thinking of the players. I do think that's a major consideration for them. So I, I can see where the needle is moved, and some of the things they were considering. There, you know, they have to consider other things now. So I'm not saying they're not they're not valid, but uh, I do think it's a little bit of a surprise because I don't think the NBA would have moved on the uh, suggestion without without pretty pretty big confidence that this would uh, this would be widely accepted
0: so are you hearing anything uh from the organization in Oklahoma City as far as the ensuing season when it might start if there could be fans? could it be pushed back or is that just a big series of question marks and who can guess now?
1: Yeah, we don't hear anything from the thunder uh, we've actually we get we get more solid news out of the North Koreans than we do the thunder. It's one of the, you know, the lockdown societies in, in American sports. Um, you know, the ESPN reported that Clay Bennett made the, made the plea for all 30 teams, which was interesting when when that went down. That now seems fairly quaint because it looks to me like if we go any direction from 22, we're going to go down, not up, with, you know, the coronavirus Numbers uh, rising in Orlando. Doesn't seem, you know, doesn't seem as uh, fail-safe as it was a couple weeks ago. But uh, yeah, no, the Thunder really hasn't given us any indication what's going to happen.
2: So the other big story, obviously, was uh, Gundy with the T-shirt. What was the general reaction? To folks in the Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City area, but the state generally, as far as that went.
1: Well, I mean, most of the fans are outraged that Gundy has come under fire. We're a red state. Donald Trump's opening his campaign Saturday in Tulsa. Going to have a big rally in Tulsa. So this is this is Trump territory. This all really stems back to April. You know, if Gundy had just shown up with a OAN. in... T-shirt going fishing. Most people wouldn't even know what he's talking about. What, what it even refers to. I don't think Chuba Hubbard would have known. But in April, we do our one and only to this to this point Zoom call with with Gundy on uh, since the pandemic started. And unsolicited, he goes on a uh, he goes on a preamble in which he uh, endorses Trump, in which he calls for a quick opening of all athletic facilities. And he gives us about a five-minute sermon on how the mainstream media is uh, is not to be trusted. And he's discovered this great new network, One America News. Frankly, it's the first time i would ever heard of it, and I've never heard of it since in any other context except Mike Gundy. But it's clearly a pro-Trump uh, organization, which... If you like Trump, that's fine. But my point is, if you're a college football coach and you support Donald Trump publicly, exactly how are you going to go recruit 18-year-old linebackers from Dallas and Houston and Tulsa and Oklahoma City who are black in this environment? I don't think you are. And we saw that bubble over when, when Shuba Hubbard tweeted out, hey, this is not acceptable I'm not participating in anything Oklahoma State related. Hubbard is not just some player. He's an All-American tailback, a great player. He's a guy who endorsed Gundy's program in the winter by coming back. He could have went to the NFL draft instead. He, uh, he says, I want to play another year. So not a rabble-rouser. He's not a troublemaker. He's a, he's a guy you're proud of to be in your program and here he's calling out his coach. So I think it's a problem. Um, they, they issued a video late last night. And it was a little bit of a strange thing. Hubbard apologized for going to social media. Gundy didn't really apologize, but said he's going to try to do better. But it's a mess. It's a total mess in this day and age. I don't see how a college football coach can connect with uh, black families when uh, he's uh, so politically to the right.
0: So Gundy's been there 15 years, and I was reading some stuff. There's some national people out there who are just, you know, the tail's wagging the dog, the football coach is the most powerful program. Nobody holds Gundy accountable. This isn't the first time. They went to other controversial stuff he's said or done. Uh, None of this happens in a bubble. You know, for a while, he was on a tremendous run uh, they were averaging ten wins a year. They had double-digit win seasons at Oklahoma State six times in eight years. But the last two years, he's thir- or He's fifteen and eleven, and he's eight and ten in conference. So, is the power wobbling there? Is he winning enough? Because winning's a massive part of the equation. Well, he has he has burned his bridges with the
1: administration and not just not the winning, not the one loss record. He's been hard to deal with from an administrative standpoint for quite some time. And the fans, most of them are still with him. Most of the fans like him, but he's really just become, your analysis was spot on. He's not really been held accountable for some of his actions. Feuding with donors and administration, uh, dallying with other jobs that he clearly is not interested in taking. Um, the uh, the deal in April, which you know, forget the forget the Trump part about it, forget the network part about it. Just the idea that in early April, you're saying, "Hey, we we need to open up May 1st. Nobody in America was calling for that. Uh, That was in defiance of the Big 12 and the university and everybody else. So he's he's not made many friends in high places. So this was, you know, now if if the players are now revolting, you know, you're getting it on both ends. I don't know. To me, it's an untenable situation. And I think Oklahoma State would like to move on from Mike Gundy. They just don't really know how.
2: Hmm. That's interesting. As far as moving on from him, what type of support does he have from influential alumni?
1: Oh, it's whatever support he's got is mostly regents based. Uh, you know, he famously feuded with Boone Pickens for the last ten years, eight years. So he doesn't have a ton of big donor support, but he does have regents in his corner. So. Uh, You know, maybe that's all that's kept him from from cutting him by now. That in the contract, you know, he's got a huge contract, big buyout. You know, these are times where, you know, no college, no university can afford to just pay somebody off going down the road. So, you know, those are all, there's financial situations, there's political situations. Heck, you you know, you got to worry about the fans, because like I said, the fans are mostly in his corner, so... It's a big mess, and it's what happens when you let a coach sort of float out there and and, uh, be his own – be a lone soldier without any accountability.
0: So where do they fit in the Big 12 going forward? Because if he wins, uh, he's going to keep the fans. If he doesn't, well, then he's in trouble with – some administrators, some players, some fans. Man, it really starts adding up. And your record isn't as good. Where do they fit in the Big – how good are they in the Big 12 going forward?
1: Well, this coming season, they, they should be really good. They've got, their, they've got their playmakers back, quarterback returning, superstar tailback, superstar receiver, and Tyland Wallace. Decent offensive line, and they got most of their defense back. They're going to have – on paper, they're going to have a great year. On paper, they're as good a pick as any – and makes a Big Twelve title game against Oklahoma. So it could be a special year for OSU football. Now, you know, they still gotta do it, but you're right, if you know, they they could they could win big and that you know, that makes uh Gundy even more empowered. He could also uh fall flat, go eight and five again and all of a sudden he loses more support. So it's it's an interesting situation. Of course we don't even know what's gonna happen with this season. So you know they may not even get to play 13 games, but it's a uh, it's wild times in Stillwater, I tell you. you they don't really, you know. You we, we in in this state, we look to Norman for sort of guidance on here's how things are running, and this is what the future looks like, and here's what we should be looking for, and we look to Stillwater for crazy things to write about. So there's <laughs> they're supplying them.
2: So. It seemed like by uh, the thing broke earlier in the day with the T-shirt, and you're right, I had never even heard of the OAN uh, until I saw it on the Van Gundy thing, and because I heard a oh, T-shirt, and then I opened up the story, and you know, what the heck is he talking about? And then I saw him, what is this? And I had to become educated on what the actual network was. I had no idea. And then by the end of the day, it seemed him and uh, he and the player are hugging, and and Gundy's talking about making changes you have any idea what those changes would be? No,
1: I have no idea. Um, I don't know why he can change. I mean, if the players... You know, how do you... At the least, at the least, Mike Gundy is insensitive to the Black Lives Matter movement. At the least. I don't know how you change just that. I mean... If you're the head coach of a college football team, I mean, you you need to show some sensitivity, even if you don't agree with it. Keep your mouth shut and and try to at least listen to your guys or don't make waves. And I think that's really what what they wanted. You know, all kinds of players have been tweeting in support of Chuba Hubbard, saying all kinds of things. I, I think Gundy actually has run a pretty good ship in terms of culture, treating players right. You know they don't, they don't allow the coaches to cuss players. They take pride in, in giving players a, a good experience. And like I said, Juba Hubbard himself endorses the program by his decision to come back. So I don't know what Gundy can do to show that he actually is sensitive to the, to the concerns of the entire movement. Uh, you know, if, if if you're if you're not sensitive to something, can you just change by saying, "Well, I am going to be sensitive"? I don't know. Uh, it's not rocket science. It seemed to me anybody's paying attention for the last three weeks realizes that something has changed in our country. This wasn't just some you know flashpoint, and all of a sudden we go back to the way we were, this, this seems different than anything we've seen in the last 50 years. And for Mike Gundy to not realize that, to me, is alarming.
0: Well, the thing that occurs, to, uh, that occurs to me as I listen to you spell this out is that there must be other college football coaches who support Donald Trump, and none of them have said or done anything like Gundy.
1: Well, you're exactly right. I mean, those that if, if you if you really want to make a if you really want to make a stand for Trump, you do what Tommy Tuberville did. get out of coaching and run for Senate. That's what Tommy Tuberville did he may he may make it to Washington, which is fine. I you know I'm not I'm not trying to be take sides politically here. I'm just saying if you're if you're coaching college football players, if you're recruiting high school football players. I don't know how you sell anything if you come out for Donald Trump, because clearly they're on the other side of Trump. I'm not saying who's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the divide. And if you're on the opposite side, I I think your ability to do that job is impaired. And that's the problem Oklahoma State has.
2: Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. I think we get what you're saying. Did any of that thing with Utah and the Morgan Scally thing did that make any uh, make any dent in the news back in Oklahoma and Big Twelve country?
1: Uh, repeat that question.
2: I don't know if you were aware of the Morgan Scally thing. With um, he sent a text that included the N word and he sent it to a recruits family down in Houston. I don't know if that made any waves in Big Twelve country. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we you
1: know. And we've we've uh, uh, we I've read that you know and these things have popped up around the country. We saw what we saw at Iowa and Clemson and Florida State, and a variety of places. So um, what I what I see is this: I see players are empowered in the last three weeks to step out and say more. And, you know, for years, for decades, for a century, players have sort of acquiesced to their coaches. They've kept quiet. They don't make waves. When they do, they sort of stand on their own, end up transferring, don't really uh, have much much, uh, uh, walkway, That seems to have changed to me. Players now feel empowered. Players are saying, hey, listen, here's what I see and here's what I think. And they've sort of got coaches and programs and universities a little bit on the run because they're not accustomed to this. They don't know how to react to it. They don't know how to respond. And players have a voice and a power that maybe they've always had but didn't know that they could use and we're seeing more and more of them use it.
0: Barry, we'll leave it there. As always, we appreciate your perspective. Thanks for coming on and talking a little uh, NBA and a little college football with us. Well, I appreciate it. I hope we have, I hope we have some basketball soon. That, that would be nice. Barry, thanks for coming on. See you guys.